One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but is not late to talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Fox reports they are divided. I'd like to thank uh, the Intergalactic Superiority Complex for providing <laughs> our theme song. It is January 14th, 2022, and we are going to be talking. Episode chapter three of the book of Boba Fett, volume one. Woo. 2022. <laughs> I'm Zinger. <laughs> and you know, it's a it's a it's a chapter instead of an episode because it's a book, everyone. Like never forget that's the only reason. Oh, we're what so you guys are watching a book on TV. You know, yeah. you know what's always been my problem with books? You can't click them. Are you telling me this is a book you can click these days? That's really cool. Robert, I very appreciate you you um you you working on your your type five comedy <laughs> store. Absolutely. So as as you guys have gathered, we have Rob from Cinemodities here with us today, who has not seen the episode, but I think he'll give us a refreshing take on on what we talk about when we sort of go through the overview of the episode. And we have Joe Yazo. How are you doing tonight, Joe? Doing good. How are you? Hanging out, you know, sort of uh, licking my wounds, as Zach would say, from this uh, chapter three of the book of Boba Fett. And uh, he's not here probably because he... Because I've got to say some stuff. Uh I have to to make some corrections. I was not on last week's episode. Also, don't ever ask my opinion after I have been in the process of sleeping for over an hour, because you will get that exact text message. But on that note... Few things to remedy. One, Matt Berry actually plays the droid. Um, the droid. God dang it. Uh, eight B eight D eight. He voices. Do you mean the eight D eight that I have floating beside yes. me? Yes, I I can see yeah. that. That is beautiful. I put that there for he, your benefit, Zinger. I I was wondering he, why Chris very prominently had yes. one Star Wars figure on display. Yes, Matt Berry <laughs> voices. That character, not the Trandoshan. So that was a mistake by me earlier. Another thing, I would like to correct a statement made in last week's episode. They're not Siamese twins, you bunch of lunatics. I think they're intended to be, but uh, that doesn't make sense because they're different colors. No, I, I don't think they're, they're just creepily laying together all the time. I guess, but there's one of the arms you just never see, so I don't know. Are we because it's behind. Like- it's sitting behind. You know what? I will scrub. I will scrub during this episode and find where you can see the other arm. Are we talking about like Anakin and Padme? We're talking about episode three, Revenge of the Sith, right? Rob, you wouldn't believe. So like this is this is a this <sighs> Zenger's face is on, Zenger's hand is on his face right now. <laughs> this is a good wake up call for us uh, for us longtime Star Wars fans. Like Rob, what what we're talking about? It's like um, it's like you know in the end of Blade Runner when Rutger Hauer's like saying to Harrison Ford, you know, I've seen things that. You just wouldn't believe, you know what I mean? Like, yes, just... yes. Uh, the the part of Blade Runner that everybody says is the best, which was ad libbed and 
goddamn Ridley Scott didn't even want in the movie, which makes it a bad movie. Everybody tune in Cinemodities. Zach and I hate Blade Runner. <laughs> it's 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 both. It's simultaneously true that that it's funny that that was ad libbed, but it can still be the best part of the movie. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> yes, I, I would I would actually say it is the best part of the movie. Um, it's the only time anybody in the movie gives a real performance. I know we're not here to talk about Blade Runner, the robot movie, which I want to say is well, I well I don't know if I can say on this. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, you just did. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> The, the reason I brought that up was because, Rob, this twins we're talking about is we're talking about two Jabba the Huts that are different colors mushed together on a uh, on like a, on like a what do you call that? Like there, oh, it's like a platform we're, that's we're carried talking ar- huts. I didn't know we were talking huts. We're talking huts that are being carried around by like 20 dudes on a platform. We're talking we're talking chicken hotlip parmesans right here. Chicken hotlip parmesan. We're talking <laughs> we're talking 100 percent an extended relative of chicken hotlip. That's a throwback from over three years ago on Cinemodities. Well, yeah, that's uh, and he, and he, they're being carried around by like by like 20 men on a platform because, you know, obviously they don't walk by themselves. OK, well, maybe maybe I, I don't want to be naive here and I'm sorry. I don't want to derail the conversation. You guys have to talk about this episode. But how did Jabba move in Return of the Jedi? Was that carried? Was that platform carried by people? It had, you know, back and back and back then they had technology where they could move platforms without people having to carry them. In this series, they don't have that. But um, doesn't this take place after it though? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's selective, right? Uh, okay. And a New Hope Jabba sort of gets around by himself. Well, I, I do, I do know this. A New Hope Jabba is a guy, a guy that looks like he's straight out of King Lear, right? Yeah, and that's why, <laughs> that's why when they CGI'd him, he could walk around like a normal dude. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so you know, all that to say, obviously, we don't have a lot of strong thoughts about Chapter Three. At least that's my guess about Singer. Oh, I, I just wanted to correct some stuff. They are not Siamese twins. You guys can take whatever stand is you this, want. I'm taking is this the firm. Offensive? I don't even really know what that means, to be honest. <laughs> the correct term is conjoined by uh, 2022 standards. Oh, but they're not. That's what that means? You guys are just saying that out of. I, I I wanted to correct it because I've never yelled louder at my phone while listening to a podcast <laughs> than I did the other day. I, I think of the Aristocats, you know, we uh, or no, no, uh, Lady in the oh, Tramp. You can't you can't sing that anymore. I'm I'm about to. Uh, OK, maybe Chris. Chris has shut me down. It seems. Listen, listen, you know, I see where you're going. Um, The reason that that word is probably uh in the cultural zeitgeist still is probably literally because of weird 1930s movies so we should probably go with conjoined but singer says they're not even that so what's your source no they're they're just laying they're just disgustingly laying against and on each other okay so they're they have no they have no physical distancing given that they're brother and sister it makes it even weirder okay i hear you exactly. all right so you know i had a i had a really good time with with uh chapter two of the book of boba fett and it you know it wrote a check that chapter three just could not cash for me you know uh, they, it made a lot of promises. It introduced this awesome Wookiee bounty hunter. It introduced these huts. And Chapter 3 dispatches with all of these cool new things in a very unceremonious fashion, in my opinion. 
the the fight with Black Kersantan, Just Kersantan. If that is his real name, okay, good. I was actually really kind of concerned because I saw some Knights of Vader Facebook group pictures where people were like Black Chewbacca, and I was like, is this offensive? Like, what? I because I don't know anything about this, but I was like, what? What are people talking about? That's just to clarify. Like, they literally just basically officially named a character Black Chewbacca, and he is a Black Chewbacca. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. So, okay. so, but anyways, he. He, was, he looked really awesome. He looked very intimidating in episode two, chapter two. Let's not, that, you know what? That's probably why they called them chapters. So people wouldn't get him confused with the films. Whoa. I know Whoa. You, mentioned, you mentioned earlier, Zenger, that Matt Berry has a voice. And I love Matt Berry, but yeah. also I'm looking at like Steven Root and Danny Trejo have been in this. You, you ruined it. God, God dang it. I'm done with this podcast <laughs> we'll get to danny trejo from the mouth of babes zanger <laughs> we'll get to danny trejo but uh but you know like the fight with black Santin, he smashes open boba fett's sleeping as as he does most of the time these days and and uh he and black Santin smashes his back to chamber which first of all like great 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 part the the transition is great um, but Black Kersantan has a lot to answer for for his poor performance in this fight. First of all, you're walking up on a sleeping dude. You get you have one chance to just finish the job instantly. If he fails at that in the first place. And then he decides to, you know, like do the sort the sort of WWE thing where he throws him across the room two or three times before actually finishing him off. Now, um, Zanger, you seem to like this. The problem I'm having with this is that the reality of violence in the Star Wars universe seems to shift wildly between series. Like, in The Mandalorian, some goons got horribly murdered and killed in violent, horrible ways. In the first episode, a guy gets sliced in half by a door. Uh, a, a character who we're not sure if we're supposed to like in Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian, that terrible young bounty hunter... The Mandalorian just shoots him and he's dead and we never see him again at the end of the episode. Hooray! Wait, wait, do we do we cheer for that? Yes, we do, because he was terrible. Okay. Um, Black Kersantan punches Boba Fett in the face with electric brass knuckles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like, I like that sentence. And, Rock on. And uh and it seems to do exactly nothing, leaving no f- visible he, he's got fresh backed on him, leave him alone. <laughs> It seems to do basically nothing, which fresh back to I'm going with that. Okay. Also the force. Okay. So, so, uh, so I don't know if you noticed that Joe, uh, any thoughts on the direct face punch with the electric brass knuckles doing no damage. Well, it's like, it's like getting a uh, hit in the face with a bag full of oranges. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to feel it, but it's not going to leave a mark. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I guess that's how brass knuckles work and electric brass knuckles work in star Wars. I, I want to, I want, because I'm, I'm reading uh, plot synopses for these episodes, right? In, like right now, uh, I want to say, uh, Joe, you made a great joke. Can we replace oranges with black melons? According to what I'm reading, people were searching for black melons. So maybe it's like getting punched in the face by a bunch of black melons. I'm trying okay, what, to evolve, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about all those fruits that, 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 that fall on the, 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 Twilight. Yeah. After the after the most exciting low speed chase I've ever seen. Okay, that's yeah, that's okay. We'll get there. But like, so not only does Black Chrysanthemum punch Boba Fett in the face with electric brass knuckles and cause no visible damage, but he also <laughs> picks him up and you we hear the sound of his spine being crushed with a Wookiee fresh back to 
a Wookiee bear hug of some kind. What part of Fresh Back did you not understand? Well, he's out of it now. He's soaked in he's it. He's out of it now, and we he and basically what we're being led to believe is that his back is being snapped in half by this Wookiee. <laughs> and uh, basically, the next time we see him, he's just wearing a bathrobe, and he seems perfectly healthy. So, like, I Fresh Back to. <laughs> Well, we're going to go. I guess we we have. OK, the, you're you are not going after the Rancor sized issue in the room. Oh, n- we're this is this is where I'm taking it in chronological order, sir. Like oh, okay. like there's problems in this first fight. First of all, the choreography was lame. I think generally the action's not as good as the Mandalorian. I don't want to call anybody out, but like, I don't know if they have it's the, Robert Rodriguez. How are you messing this up? I don't know if they have the B team <laughs> on this or, or what the deal is, but just like spatially, the fights just seem weird. Um, you know, you have these these sworn Gamorrean guards who are going to protect you. They're, they've sworn their loyalty to you. They're just sleeping on the job. Black Chrysanthemum sneaks all the way upstairs right past them. And, and, and then it's just, you know, I don't I don't I don't even know where to begin. OK, can I, I'll, can I'll I just say that. that reading plot synopses of this episode of these episodes right now, it's like reading a f- tech. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> reading a textbook like. I, I like Chris said before recording, I sent him two pages of math about an episode of Knights of Vader, and I'm having trouble understanding what the hell a Mayor Shays is right now. <laughs> that's just his name, Rob. Oh, oh, that's a name. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm lo- I'm lost in the sauce right now. <laughs> I, I empathize because I just told Zinger we're doing this in chronological order, and I just described near much nearer the end of the episode. <laughs> but um, so let's uh, take it back a little bit. So we we get introduced to this uh this youth gang of cyborgs i still have a problem with the turn pace rpg fight with brad kersanthan everyone took their turn against him it wasn't a group about? fight <laughs> it was a group fight in the sense of up oh, i haven't let my whatever restore i can't attack him yet gotta wait for my turn Use special attack. And what do we think's going on here? Do we think the audience would have revolted if they had successfully murdered this assassin Wookiee? No, I, I, okay, here's the thing. You, you have a weird spot where do you really want to have a murdering a ton of kids that are that plucky kids that are now working for? Nobody died though. No one yeah. got substantially hurt. My, my, my problem is this. It's a fight that was very weirdly done and amounted to nothing. There it is. And but 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 uh but you know earlier like I think we we just we can't we can't uh leave the this group uh, this rebellious youth gang alone. So like actually looking at this chronologically. Yes. The, the this guy called this this water salesman bursts into uh, Boba's palace at the beginning of the episode and when I saw him in the wide shot and he wants his stapler. When, and when I saw him in the wide shot, I was like, that better not be John Favreau or I'm just turning this off right now because it, it looked it sort of looked like him at first. Like, yeah, he, he had that the, like curly, like slight receding hairline look. I was like, he puts him. I saw him in that stupid Spider-Man movie. He just loves inserting himself in these things that better not be him. And luckily it wasn't. When you say stupid Spider-Man movie, do you mean No Way Home? Yeah, that you guys loved. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I I uh, I have to say uh, when when he 
pulls up after, spoiler alert, Aunt May dies. When he finds that little driveway between the SWAT team and the building, I literally laughed out loud in the theater when no one else did. <laughs> when he when he wasn't shot immediately by that SWAT team, I was like already annoyed. Oh God. Yeah. John Favreau, geez. I mean, you guys even remember uh, Iron Man 3 when Shane Black is reveling in the fact that he has him and Ben Kingsley in the same movie. And he's like, yeah, I got people from The Sopranos. <laughs> Let's not forget John Favreau has already inserted himself into the Mandalorian, luckily by voice only. Okay, okay. So far. Yeah, so this wasn't, so I was worried this was him, it wasn't. It's this guy complaining that a bunch of teenagers stole a, uh, like... His stapler. A, a bunch of water. They stole a big jug <laughs> of water from him because there's Tatooine. And his stapler. And water's my rare. Don't yeah. take my stapler, I burn the building down. Don't take my stapler. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, so Boba Fett investigates. <laughs> and uh, he, he looks up this gang, of this youth gang of cyborgs who, you know, they spend all their money on on uh, cybernetic enhancements. Some of them have robot eyes, extending Inspector Gadget arms and whatnot. It's really quite outrageous. And a blowtorch. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, well, it, well, you know, it, what it reminded me of was the ill-fated Cyberpunk 2077, which is not a good thing to remind people of. Well, wait, ill-fated? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if, time, time will tell on that. Critically, I, critically. I just put the this episode that we're episode three on my TV. I just want to say that I had to scroll to get English subtitles. There's so many options for Chinese subtitles at the start of this on Disney Plus. That's insane. That's insane. I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to let you guys know that. <laughs> Maybe that's your regional VPN or something acting up. I don't know. But basically, he goes to investigate this youth gang. He talks to them. He's like, why do you why do you steal that guy's stapler? Wow, there are a lot of subtitle options. Dude, I had to scroll through like seven different subtitles to get to English. And I know it's it's alphabetical. I'm sure. Oh, my God. I'm seeing what you're talking about. There's conjoined twin zinger. <laughs> what is? Oh, you know what the biggest victory for me in this show is going to be? <laughs> Seeing them not beside each other. That is all. That's all I need at this point. Zinger, I desperately hope we ever see them again. I I kind of doubt it. Oh, cool. They have they have the uh, subtitles in Canadian. There's four or five words that are spelled differently. So maybe that's what it's about. Wait, wait, is there an intro theme song to the show or is the intro just the Star Wars? There's an there's an intro. Flare? There's an intro theme song, but I think it mostly just comes up at the end credits. Oh, okay. so it's not an intro theme song. It's just a regular theme. Because I, I, I just muted myself and turned on my noise so I could maybe comment on the music. And it was um, just a stupid thing nine, of showing R2-D2 and Darth Vader again. What the nine minutes, eight seconds in. Is where oh, the title okay, card no, pops up. We'll get to that. I'm just gonna let it play. I don't care that much. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm what I'm what I'm liking about this is you know Zinger's finally showing some descent. You know, like he ha he came into the show with no expectations, but like maybe this chapter three is finally getting to him. So <laughs> no, it's you guys' review of it is getting to me. <laughs> okay, so 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 he walks up to these he walks up to these teenagers. He's like, why do you steal John Favreau's stapler? And uh, they. And they say, well, you know, there's no jobs there. There's no jobs. So we had to steal the water. Uh, we can't work because there's no jobs. So we can't buy water with the money because we don't have any jobs to make the money. And he's charging too much. Yeah. And he's also charging too much because he's a watermonger. So my so right away, I got a problem with this. You, 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 you can't you can't hear the eye rolling I'm doing right now, but I'm just making that <laughs> apparent. 
I did. I did hear your your face palm a few seconds ago. I yeah, think in good. response to what I said. So you're good, Zanger. <laughs> I'm gonna make it worse. Right away, this 2008 girl starts talking to him, and she's like explaining the sociological reasons why she's in a youth gang that commits crimes. This is not how reality works. The kids who are in gangs don't understand. Exactly. This is a fantasy sci-fi film. <laughs> no, but they but they don't the kids who are in gangs don't understand the sociological reasons why they're in gangs. <laughs> like they need like they shouldn't be giving that oh. lecture to Boba Fett. It's just not right. It's just it's it's just it screams of social weird ideological pandering. It's like they shouldn't know the reason why they have these problems. Maybe they're one of the in one of those movies where everyone's like hyper intelligent and calls people out like in that. Oh, what is it? Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where the one um, uh, one of the serfs or villains is like explaining the like political and um, how the king and everything affects the land and all this other stuff. And yeah, I I think that you might have that someday, but I think a massive narrative shift like that would be something that would be like an hold on wait Rob, rob's excited we are getting a live reaction from rob too so this is uh steven root just showed up in the episode yeah, i like i, I, like I said he's he looking saying. for a stapler <laughs> and water preferably in that order so i'm i'm muting myself so i can hear the thing so don't worry about me i'm, I'm watching it in real time <laughs> okay my overall opinion on the episode real quick is i feel this is a good this is a transition episode you had the height of episode two. Everyone can agree that was a high point, but we have to transition from the storyline of the huts being the villains to the pikes being the villains, allegedly. So I uh, your dissent, dissent on my comments. I want to hear back. Well, well, it's just like who in their right mind would rather have the pikes as the villains than than the twins. The twins are far more interesting and hilarious. Why? Because you want you want to see them like fight with their um, conjoinedness. They have so much more to offer. First of all, they they like they have an interesting uh, family connection to Jabba. They have their own. They have a much bigger army of goons than Boba Fett does. The Pikes are just kind of lame in this show, in my opinion. Are they? It was cool. It was cool seeing them, but like they they don't look like real Pikes from the Clone Wars. They're just they look like more like I don't know. They're like very humanoid stunt dudes, and they're just like the mask is cool of the alien face, but they should have put more effort to like not make them just look like regular dudes. Well, I, I'm gonna okay, Rob. Are you paying attention? I'm gonna I, blow I, your mind. I'm, for a I'm paying attention. I just want to say, I just looked. I just watched Stephen Root's appearance when he talked to uh, Tamara Morrison, and Stephen Root is great. He's always great. I love him as an actor. I get a lot of flack when I say he's the best performance in Get Out. Um, I I love his hand acting. Nobody can do better finger work than Stephen Root, and he's doing it in this scene. But he said something. I have to ask you guys. Tatooine was once covered by water. Thank you. What Thank you. What yes. is this? This yes. is news okay. to me. Okay. I thought the so whole point of Tatooine from the prequels is that people only settle at the poles because it's so hot everywhere else. You're thinking of Dune. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I know for a fact they said, don't they say in the prequels? No. In, in, in Phantom no. Menace that they You are the thinking of Dune. I'm not thinking of Dune, Zenger. You, you and I did a whole Dune episode. I'm not thinking of Dune. Rob, would you believe me that they definitely don't say that in any Star Wars movie? I would believe you, Chris, over Zinger. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, yes. 
Is Tatooine and and Dune from the, I mean, and Arrakis from the named movie and book series Dune? We could we could, we could argue related? that all the time, but but okay, please, you guys, expand. What what is this whole so Tatooine the, used to be so, underwater? What is so this in the expanded universe? And this is not like official canon because it's not been official canon again. Disneyfied, you mean? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> well, now it is, but I don't know if it's the official reason why. So back in the Disney, Tatooine did have water. And then this whole freaking weird genocide, you know, bombarded the planet with lasers forever happened. And it basically ruined the climate and destroyed everything and turned it into sand. Right, that happened a long time ago when you hear about it in Nice Old Republic, which is like 2,000-something years before New Hope. But the thing is this. What are pikes in, in, in our real world? You got me. <laughs> a, fresh, a freshwater fish? Exactly. <laughs> they keep bringing up water and how important water is. Water this, water that. I think they're going for some symbolism here by having the pikes be the main bad guys. Because of the water symbolism linking that and the water symbolism to tattooing. Also, the water symbolism of Dune. Apparently, someone really enjoyed Dune. This is this is what I hate when I go to Wikipedia or StarWars.fandom.com and I read these articles and they throw me words that have like 16 dotted letters in a row. Like, I can't understand that quickly. I hate this stuff. So anyways, <laughs> that, that 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 is my response for why I'm kind of excited about the whole bike thing. Also, Boba mentioning dropping that oh i i grew up on a planet covered in water like water is for some reason important and after seeing dune one too many times and reading the books enough water is important in there too so i think somebody was like hey you know how dune inspired star wars we're gonna really just dig into that okay okay i'm sorry let me let me chime in here wikipedia the whole planet was covered in harsh deserts and only a small part of its northern hemisphere could sustain intelligent life. That's what I was thinking of. Chris, you might be right that I didn't, I, I might be misremembering that they didn't say it in episode one, but I read this somewhere. <laughs> okay, well, they, they didn't say it in any Star Wars movie or show ever, but that's fine. I don't understand hey, how I would hey, ever actually, know that. Hold then. on, I, from the mouth <laughs> of babes, Ellie. Real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> Ellie, where do people settle on tattooing? Do they settle at the poles or just anywhere on the planet? Please yell to respond. I'm not getting in the middle of this. Or, or is Rob <laughs> thinking of doom? Just say Rob's hope, thinking of doom. I hope the recording picked that up when she said, I'm not getting in the middle of that. Thank you. Okay. From the mouth of babes. That's sort of like a like a realistic scientific approach would be like, eh, maybe it'd be the most hospitable place by the poles. There might actually be some water still. That's most likely place for water probably. And it'd be a little cooler. And the sandworms can't get there. Then you have to start asking questions like, well, what's the, what's the oxygen source like on Tatooine anyways? And like, like, it, what would be interesting though, is if the, if it, if it would, the water sort of evaporated, like in the last 2000 years, Maybe, let's say 3,000, like how it sort of depicts it in Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe it was way earlier than that. That's, you know, that's a pretty short geological time scale. So, like, it could be just careening towards planetary death, like, every time we've seen it in the, in, in the Star Wars saga. Like, maybe it's got another thousand years, and, and then it's just no one's going to live there. And that's why, like, 
you see the town sort of falling apart <laughs> post Return of the Jedi because it's just like, you know, they're living on borrowed time over there. But that's besides the point because, yeah, cool. The tat- uh, Tatooine used to have water all over it. Yeah, I already yes, knew sorry, that. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just railing things because I'm a, I'm a plebe. <laughs> as, did a, as did Arrakis. And, and <laughs> we're not, I don't want to, Zanger, you know my thoughts about Dune. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> they, they try to, they try to appease appease the cynical nerds with member berries in this episode like like also like when when boba fett pets his new rancor he's like eh, i've ridden beasts 10 times this size which is a pretty direct holiday special reference and uh that i like that (laughs) i don't (laughs) and well it's not it's not a reference to anything else i mean that's what it is i know that's the part that angers me the most they're not getting you with this stuff, man, because like these this youth gang of teenagers is lame. I don't like them. They're lame. The little girl shouldn't have saved him from the evil Wookiee bounty hunter who's like eight feet tall. It's just not good. The violence is phony A-team violence where nothing actually happens and people get thrown across the room like WWE and like they not get hurt. And like it's just like even Luke's face was all screwed up and bloody after like he went through some ordeals. Like I just don't like the cartoonish way the violence is being depicted if if that wookie's gonna pick up boba fett and try and snap him in half and we're gonna they're gonna put a sound effect in there implying that bones were being broken and he's just gonna be walking around in his hugh hefner bathrobe like two minutes later like nothing happened saying that the the gamorian guard can go in his back to tank the stakes don't exist but that shows that he is compassionate and cares about the Gamorians and and about the people that work for him because most people don't give two craps about them but it also shows that i never have to be worried about whether he's going to actually get killed or not because of course he won't because he never even gets slightly hurt i'm i'm just saying i don't know what i'm saying at this <laughs> with that one I, I had something and it completely left me i got nothing uh can, can i ask can yeah. i ask a question of you guys this is maybe um you know star wars related i don't want to derail you guys too much sure. but um something i wanted to ask you is do you guys like tamara morrison as an actor of course you know me being from cinematities i love the actor side of things and stuff like that and I don't really know Tamara Morrison from a lot of things other than Star Wars. I mean, the last thing I ever saw him in was, yes, I did watch it, the live-action Dora the Explorer movie. And he's not good in that. He is, like, almost detrimental. Like, he doesn't know what movie he's in. And I'm sorry, everybody, if you've seen uh, the Dora movie. But, I I mean, in terms of Star Wars, you know, what? uh, So he's in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, He's got he's in this. He's in Mandalorian. I, I don't know. Do you guys like him as an actor? Like, is he doing is he pulling the weight of Boba Fett or is he just in the role because of like, you know, tradition? Because he played it originally. Tradition. So are you are Star Wars fans? When I say you guys, I when I say you people, I mean, Star Wars fans here. Do you guys like that? I mean, I, I don't really know what to think of him because I've only really seen him in Star Wars things. It was definitely a legacy casting because that he was the only person that you ever saw with Django, Django Fett with his helmet off. And yeah. that's why he's casted as Boba Fett. Okay. He is the face of Boba Fett now and forever because of that. Is anybody good in episode two, though? That's my other question. No. <laughs> Ian McDermott. Oh, thank. OK, you're right. True. You're right. I do True. love me some Ian McDermott. <laughs> True. Um, so, so my response to Tamora Morrison, how do, do I care as a Star Wars fan? Someone who's blindly indifferent to Boba Fett prior to this whole thing, 
my response is this what if spider-man's superpower was to shoot spiders out of his hands instead of webbing <laughs> okay interesting that take. is <laughs> that is how blindly indifferent i care about this situation but would there be any crime um i i think i get what you're saying but chris yeah i want to know i think there'd be more crime because people would would get in car accidents and get angry about rogue spiders walking around all the time um so so, but yeah so i think that you you bring up a good point rob and i don't think tamir morrison's a particularly good actor i think it would it was a great idea to bring him back as boba fett in the mandalorian season two where he wasn't carrying the whole show and we could just get a little taste of him here or there and it was fun because because of because he's a clone of his father so if they recast him it's sort of continuity breaking in some way and 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 okay. it's it it just it, they haven't really done that besides uh, young han solo which everyone pretty much agrees is weird and terrible for the most part um and uh you know they haven't really done a whole lot of that yet but yeah, I don't think he's a particularly great actor. I think the reason there was a rumored Boba Fett movie that got, that got shelved and the reason that originally Favreau wanted The Mandalorian to be the Boba Fett show at first, and I think I think fear of leading man Tamir Morrison was part of the reason why that never happened the first time. Okay. I, I really believe that because I, I think if you're, if you're Disney and you're shelling out this money to get this show off the ground... That seems just like a weird first step to take. It, I, I think they didn't feel comfortable with it. I I think that was part of it. Part of it's the character having a lot of baggage too. Which this series has ignored, which I like that. It basically said, yeah, ap- anything before him getting in the Sarlacc pit doesn't matter now. And I like it. I like it. Like I was sort of saying uh, on our last episode, I think that makes sense because what the show's trying to tell us is that spending how how, i don't know at this point we don't know exactly how long he lived with the tuscans because i guess it wasn't i don't think it was close to five years i fit we saw that we saw the end of the tuscan camp in this episode and i don't know how long we're meant to believe it's been since he escaped from the sarlacc pit at this point well we're also assuming he wasn't stuck in the sarlacc pit for four years like i continue to theorize on my own okay but so okay so even if that was the case he didn't he didn't live with the tuscans that whole time but the way they're sort of shaping things it's the experience of living with them and going through some trials and tribulations is what shifted his character significantly enough that it doesn't matter who he was in the original trilogy for example but but the images of him being washed clean white suit all that stuff imagery 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 just going to keep saying that's, that until maybe yeah, it sinks no. in. Much like the imagery we can find in Dune. We're not okay, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just looking through Tamar Morrison's, um, you know, credits and stuff. And I, um, it's not I, long. I, I no, I actually totally forgot that he's Evan Sir in the Green Lantern movie, oh, sure um, which I actively try to forget because I love Green Lantern in the comic book. Same. I, he, apparently he's in that. And also he's in Couples Retreat the movie written by John Favreau. So there's got to be some, you know, in there, right? Of course, the legacy casting of him being the um, Attack of the Clones guy, but at least him and Favreau know each other. What, what year is Couples Retreat? Uh, Couples Retreat is 2009. I was going to say seven. Oh, you were close. There, it, yeah. It'd be funny if he was in that just because Favreau's like, 
Chango Fett was cool, like in a butthead voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might, it might, be, the, was it, so it might cool. be the case. Uh, John Favreau only wrote that. I, I will give uh, one point to anybody who can off the top of their head remember who directed Couples Retreat because it's a shock. George Lucas. No, Peter Billingsley, the kid from A Christmas Story, directed Couples Retreat. Seems about right. <laughs> who is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they're all just like, all over each other at this point, I think. Aside from John Favreau, uh, do you say he wrote it or he produced yeah, it? Yeah, John Favreau wrote Couples Retreat. I think he's in it as well. Um, I okay. saw that once and it was filthy, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Isn't that the one with Jennifer Aniston and Aniston? Yeah, I think Vince Anastasia. Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston are um, like cup, uh, are the main characters, I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> you found Tamira Morrison's non-Star Wars acting credit. That's really good. That with <laughs> yes. that with Aquaman. Um, but, but, you know, also we can't forget he has a he has a couple a couple scenes in episode three as generic clones such as Commander sure. Cody. Yeah. So he hangs out sure. there, too. Does he do any of the this is a, a normie question. Does he do with the voices in like the Clone Wars or anything or? Absolutely not. D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Oh, D, OK, good, good. D. Bradley Baker is a great voice actor and he deserves that. Um, um, the equivalent of, you know, Tom Noonan and Anomalisa is just D. Bradley Baker voicing all of the clones in Star Wars. That's an anomalies of reverence for everybody who knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we need to capitalize slightly on on Rob being here and being an, an outsider. He's not he's definitely not one of us. So like what we need to ask him. So you saw you saw what the twins look like. Uh, they're actually on my screen right now. There's something going on with 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 slug hots right now. <laughs> Wait, do, do, do you see who's in the background? Um, uh, there's people holding them up on a on a platform right now and oh, they're the saying, we don't want war bad yet. for business that's where i'm at right now okay oh black chewbacca i just uh, black chewbacca just showed up <laughs> yeah, i don't know if you skipped over his very underwhelming wrestling match but either way yeah i think i i missed that i don't i think i saw some it looked like tamar morrison came out of one of the matrix pods he was covered in goo and um black chewbacca was beating him up i i caught that out of the corner of my eye did you see Tamir Morrison dressed as Uncle Fester go into a little uh, house and talk to an alien. No, but I want to. <laughs> All right. Well, that was earlier than where you're at. So okay, he, he goes okay. in this. So I like you should scrub till you find that because like so there's this race of aliens called the Pikes. They're kind of like. Oh, right, right, right. The drug dealers. They're spice dealers, yeah. much like the spice from Arrakis. Yeah. Dude. Disney Plus doesn't let me scrub. I got to do fast forward or 10 seconds back they show up at the end too but basically they're just like a stock alien uh hold on uh 10 minutes 56 seconds thank you thank you so you see these guys they they have they have their their little gang they 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 sell drugs they have trains and shipments and all this stuff they have the little cartel space train they've been introduced in the clone wars you know they're they're a slightly legacy species not like not super old in the canon right but you know people like them we got four episodes left of this show okay who do we, who is more a more interesting antagonist those generic aliens or the twins and they basically implied that those generic aliens have chased the twins off of Tatooine at the end of this episode. Yeah, because there's the whole we got to link his previous experience on Tatooine that we are having through the flashbacks with his current experience on Tatooine that we're having now. He obviously has history with the Pikes, much like Pike. The fish has an interesting history with water. 
which tattooing used to be covered in as well as dune this, Arrakis. so this thing that god this thing i I feel people i don't know knights of vader facebook group make fun of me all you want the thing that tamara morrison is writing with the big horns i went to about 10 minutes this looks cool i love it this is a good shot we get a shot of a wide shot of like the sun in the background and he's walking up to oh there's jawas now that looks great that's a great practical effect I remember when I was excited about Banthas for the first time. <laughs> exactly right, Rob. Rob, you can't even imagine. You can't even imagine how exciting Banthas are for someone who likes practical effects because they involve and they involve on-screen live animals in a way that would never be done today. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> oh, they just oh, they ruined it. That he was there were some droids in the background that were clearly CGI and that's stupid. Droids suck. <laughs> well, okay, okay. I want to I want to test them real quick, Chris. What animal? What real world animal did they use to create the bantha? Mammoth, elephant. I don't know what I, I don't know. <laughs> Elephants would be correct. Also, fun, fun animal fact real quick. Uh, Rob and Chris, did you know that elephants are excellent at hiding from predators in trees? Is that why I don't Wait, see uh, uh, Hold on. I, I was about to say, have you guys ever seen an elephant in a tree before? No. Exactly. They're really good at it. Zenger, you're making me think of a joke that I heard when I was like four years old. It's like, you know, why don't we ever see an elephant? Like, how do you hide an elephant in a refrigerator? You go, how? You go, you open the door, you put the elephant in, you close the door. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I just barely mentioned elephants and that's what happens. But, but, but Rob, you, Rob, I don't, somehow you're not aware that, that the Bantha, that creature shows up in the original Star Wars movie. And in that case, they literally threw a disgusting blanket uh, costume over a real elephant to, to create that. And in the, oh, and, and in the, I did not know. And that. in the, and, and, and in these modern shows, it is, uh, it's basically a puppet on a green screen stage that it uh, well yes yeah. I, I do i do know the whole thing about how they film this stuff on that spherical you know green screen right. stuff and in which case it barely needs to walk and it looks like it's walking these days so it doesn't have to it's be a good it's a good puppet though yeah. I, I love me some physical effects i love puppetry i love stop mo not that this is stop motion but i'm just saying that to for completion but this looks good like i'm looking at these shots like tomorrow morrison just got off of it and tied it to a post as you do and it looks good <laughs> okay I, I was upset about this. I want to I'm not trying to, to hammer this home. What does everyone think of the twins being um, CG instead of live action puppets? Because no one I know the Internet's been in an uproar. Chris, I'm going to go to you first. I think I, I said it on one of our earlier episodes, but I think for some reason, CGI Jabba from 1999 Phantom Menace looks a bit better than these guys. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that. Um, I think they definitely look better than uh, a new hope 2004 Jabba, but for some reason they don't look better than the 1999 Jabba. I'm going with, I don't mind it. If I focus on it, it bothers me, but if I just kind of just watching it, it's okay. And I don't think, I think if they had done it as a practical, you wouldn't be able to look away from it. If they had done it as yeah. a practical, it would be the most mesmerizing thing in 30 years. That it's a sh right. it's a real shame they had didn't do that. Joe, um, computer generated or puppet? Which, which the huts? Which, which way? Which way should they have gone with it? Did they get? Did they make the right decision? Let us know in the comments below or right now. <laughs> I think they if if they did it live action with the puppet like in Return of the Jedi, you that's that's 
that's their budget right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's like it's, four episodes budget. It, it's funny because now the cheaper option is the computer generated. Where before, before it was. Yeah. 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 Well, it, you think when uh, when they did Return of the Jedi, what was it? 84, 83? Mm-hmm. 82. 82? That too. Computer generated. The best was uh, at that time was the last Starfighter. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it worked then, but now... Uh, New Hope Jabba, no, never, never again. These ones I'm okay with. I'm okay with, and they're doing they're doing fine. Rob, you're the odd man out. You have no legacy to this. So what 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 are you gonna give us? Puppets or first of all, Rob, have you even have you ever seen Return of the Jedi? Uh, yes, uh, it's actually my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> I hate I hate so much of having him on just for the comments he makes, and I know. <laughs> They are genuine, and that's what irritates me the I, uh, most. I know I've said on Knights of Vader before, it was probably like a year and a half, two years ago, but every time I watch Return of the Jedi, I still get chills at the end. I'm like, is Darth Vader going to throw Palpatine in the pit? I still am like, is he going to do it? I love that movie so much, man. Um, I'm also, I, I'm reacting, because our co-host can see my face, I'm reacting to Tamara Morrison. He just talked to somebody and talked about the Nikto Sandwriters. Can, can you get any lazier than calling something in sci-fi either Klaatu or Barada or Nikto? Like, come on, yeah. we've been there from the 50s. <laughs> right, but uh, they've the problem with the problem with that is they've been Nikto since 1983, so it can't change okay. it now. W- which is still before, which is still after um, the day the Earth stood still. Just want to put that out there. Oh my God. Okay, tomorrow Morrison, I'm getting the sense when he plays Boba Fett, he has one facial expression. That's what I'm seeing in these episodes. But to answer your question, Zenger, I think about practical versus um cgi for I, the huts for the huts yeah specifically huts. i am okay with the cgi huts from what i've seen because something that you know uh, zach and i have said um oh hold on we're getting we're getting a toy a nikto toy that oh. is that is that is not gort uh i have to say chris from uh from the day the earth stood still <laughs> R- rob what you have to appreciate is that that in 1983 all kinds of hipster kids didn't know the day the earth stood still back and forth. So it was, oh, it was okay. kind of a clever okay. thing to say 40 years ago. Yeah. They didn't Keanu know Reeves Flash Gordon either. <laughs> well, okay. Keanu Reeves is the remake. We, we don't talk about the remake thing. <laughs> exactly. Can, can continue though with your. Oh, so, so yeah, I, I feel it's something that, you know, Zach and I have talked about. I'm sure Zach's talked about on here and I, I probably just haven't heard the episodes. I am very much forgiving of CGI when it is in relation to something that is not of this world. And I don't, I'm not saying that I want full CGI. Like, of course, Coruscant, to use an example, we don't have that in our universe. We don't have a whole Or just city episode two in general. Exactly. But it what, was what all I'm CGI. At, exactly. What I'm getting at, though, is I am okay with using CGI elements when they are in reference to something that we can't understand as humans like i don't want cgi when you know people are sitting around in a boardroom because i know what that looks like i want that to feel real but with the huts i've never seen a big slug person before i've never seen a big slug person carried on a platform let alone two so i'm okay if it's cgi because my brain can't comprehend what that would look like in live action if it was live action and a big puppet i don't think it would be distracting i would say hey 
that looks cool. I really like that they put that artistry in there. But at the same time, and this is something that I, I get it with um, my co-host on Cinemodities, Ben, we really like the artistry of CGI because when you get a computer generated image done well and you understand how light has to reflect off of it, that is equally as artistic to me as a puppet because you have to understand how light reflects off of CGI more than you do a puppet because light reflects off of practical effects in the real world in the way that we expect. When you make something CGI, you have to put the time in to make sure that you are accounting for, well, what oils would be on that creature's skin? How would that reflect light? And how would that look to us? So I, this is where Zach will probably listen to this and say, Rob, you're never allowed on Knights of Vader again, because I think there is- I might beat him to that. To, uh, to CGI and to puppetry, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay, perfect. So here's the problem. Here's the big problem with that, Rob. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? In terms of extreme Hollywood creature puppets, mm-hmm. you're you're reaching you're reaching the 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 absolute peak of the art before the library of big robot puppets of Alexandria was smashed and they never did it again because of CGI. So like you yes. you have Jabba and you have the alien queen from Aliens, regardless of the fact that that movie's overrated. So, yes. So, it's a really it's a really great it's a really great puppet and uh so but Jabba I would argue like they're close they're like 3 years apart. Jabba I would argue is better because he's he's more comparable to to a human character. He's he's flesh and blood, he has eyes and a face. The Alien Queen you can get away with a lot cuz it's basically a big animated skeleton. Sure. So it doesn't it's not as much work. So arguably Jabba's the most ambitious puppet ever and then they just stopped trying after that so it would have been interesting to see them take a crack at it especially when you know you have netflix setting up the infrastructure for one season of the dark crystal to then just cancel the show which is like i don't think sure maybe they should have never made that show but like agreed the amount of money they poured into that I would have settled for a, the head being a puppet, you know. Maybe you got to animate the whole, the whole, oh, the whole, okay. the whole gear with all the guys carrying the the platform and all that, and the arms and the tail and all that. You're saying maybe they should have done something opposite of what Lucas did. Instead of CGIing things around a face, keep the face real and CGI the body, the part that we're not going to focus on, because humans are inherently drawn to two dots in a line that make a face. The puppet Jabba head from Return of the Jedi is probably the craziest puppet ever made, pretty much. Like, the eyes have, like, four yeah. moving parts inside them. Like, it's just, there's a lot going on. There's, like, five guys inside of that thing to make it work. Like, it, and, and, and then some remote control stuff to you. I think it would have been fun to try that. I think they could have pulled off the head. That's a neat idea. I, I, I'm kind of with you that I would have loved to see that. I, I also want to say, uh, just for the record on Knights of Vader, I know I've said it many times on Cinemodities in my life, um, I, I am anti-Gelflings from the Dark Crystal. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I just wanted to say Robots, that. robots, Gelflings, yep. <laughs> yep. Really yes. going to have a... Okay. A, 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 anyone on, anyone on Arrakis. I'm anyone on Arrakis, too. I'm looking right now. Um, okay. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of when I see it, when we're talking about it, it looks a little distracting, but I, we have subtitles with them as well. Do you think part of the the allure, maybe not allure is the right word, but they're trying to distract you from the CGI with the subtitles? Oh, no, Possible. we just got a wide shot of people holding them up. That looks horrible. Oh, no. Okay. There you go. Well, okay, that's, there I, it I is. did not like that. 
I didn't find it distractingly bad. I'm guessing they never show up again for the remaining four episodes. Hey, Danny Trejo. He's there. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I was on a countdown of when we were going to see Trejo. Oh, Robert Rodriguez is doing this. Danny Trejo is going to be in it somewhere, somehow. Do you think he is? is, Well, not do you think. You guys would know. Is he playing Machete? Machete? Yes. Is is. he Machete from the Spy Kids universe? Yes. The script described the character as a rancor keeper that looks like Danny Trejo. So they had to hire Danny Trejo. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Do you, I, I, I hope, Chris, you're making the joke about there's actually many instances where people in like the early 2000s wrote scripts and said, this is this role is written for someone who looks like Danny Trejo. And then Danny Trejo would go, well, you put it in the script. Why don't you just hire me? I think it's everything after Heat, you know, from Michael Mann's Heat, where he plays. If anybody doesn't remember, Danny Trejo plays a character called Trejo in Michael Mann's Heat. <laughs> well, yeah, I, this story I was familiar with was that is how the character is described that he plays in Predators, whose name is Cachillo, which is just yes, another knife. Yes rather than machete but uh yeah so you know it's just like it's it's funny to see him it doesn't take me out of it i don't mind that super iconic danny trejo's in star wars oh i love it he doesn't have a whole lot to do why why does one of the huts have a fan one of the huts is fanning it's hot okay it's hot on arrakis what is it's a tiny fan it's like it's the stupidest looking thing <laughs> the best thing about the huts is that the other one uses a, lo- a small rodent like creature to dab off his sweat that's currently alive while he's doing it see that's cool that's cool use a creature impart your 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 like control over other living things because the huts are supposed to be gangsters right like but- i loved in return of the jedi when jabba's slurping down live cockroaches or whatever those things are uh you could you can Do see it. those swimming around by the way in a little jar off to the side nice i i want take one of the huts make him pluck like a bird out of the sky and start fanning itself don't give me an actual fan like the hut should be using like a, a bird's wing he should kill a falcon and fan himself with it or something like that how is rob writing better star wars right now <laughs> <laughs> i'd be remiss if i didn't didn't point out because I'm supposedly the resident spends more time learning about pointless Star Wars facts than anybody else on the call currently. The the small creature that the one twin is drying himself off with is is a who jib, and they're for, they have existed in Legends for about forty years. Okay, I'm, what I'm, what are I'm, you? Sh- oh, I know no, I know oh. what, what part of what you're. Sh- what is this? Is this? Are you holding up like a vinyl? This is a vinyl. This is a vinyl read along book from eighty three or eighty four. That is yep. so cool. Called yep. the Planet of the Hoojibs. Planet of the Hoojibs. And you have Chewbacca holding <laughs> some of these little mouse creatures that the one hut's drawing himself off with. So yes, one or two listeners who knew what that was and was screaming, "Why aren't they mentioning that member Barry?" I know what it was. It's just the rest of the episode wasn't good, so I don't care. Okay, Chris, I'm gonna... you are you are you are um you are so cool with your merchandise. Uh, I, I'm gonna step away for a minute. I'm gonna run upstairs in my apartment. I'm gonna grab some of my own Star Wars merchandise to show to you guys. But uh, so I'll be right back. <laughs> but Chris, this is that was so cool. I you had a Star Wars vinyl. Like I get excited when my friends have like old school rip off Bowie vinyls. That was awesome. You have a vinyl that's Planet of the Hoojibs. None of my friends have that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, while he's gone and while I attempt to. Maybe it's all the protein I've been drinking, but I do feel the need to give Chris a nuggie um, as a Star Wars fan. But yes, it was one of those things. I knew that they existed. I just could not remember the name. And the second you showed me that, I was like, 
Oh, that's where they're from. Um, no, I mean, like they're basically tribbles. Basically, um, like I said, day, day trail being in this, the whole is he good or bad? I think it's being played completely straight. I think he's good. Ancillary canon and Legends material have led us to believe that the Rancor Keeper is not so much a job as a calling. Like the Rancor Keeper wants to be there. He loves spending time with the Rancor. I'm just wondering, because I got kind of vibes. I'm like, maybe he's evil. Maybe that that is the assassination attempt was to trick him into, you know, being close to this Rancor, and of course the Rancor is going to kill him. I completely disagree. I think the reason the twins gifted him the Rancor was because had Black Kersantan succeeded, they would have been moving in that morning, and they thought it would be fitting to reinstall a Rancor in the in the pit. Oh, I like that. I like it. Otherwise, it's like, why on earth are they giving him this amazing gift, right? Like, they planned on putting that in the basement themselves and setting up shop just like Jabba did. Uh, I I am really down with with that. I I did not even think of that. Fantastic job. Uh, Rob is back to try to yes. out nerd our resident well, nerd. No, I I, I kind of realized when I ran up to grab things that uh, I I don't want to derail your guys' episode too much. If there's if there's other things to say about this episode, please do. I don't want to derail you. I just wanted to. Um, there, there, I, I have two a... things to show you. One, I have my squid head action figure, my favorite action figure of all time. Um, it look, I'm trying to hold it. I don't know where. Okay. There we go. Look at that. Yep. That's Squidhead. He's from star Wars. Yep. I love Squidhead so much. Look, I got the, I, Chris can probably tell me if this is good or not. I got the, I got the gun with it too. The blaster, I guess he's, he's got, he's got a cloak, a skirt and a belt. Yes. It's got, it's all like actual felt. Um, it's been collecting dust since I've had it since I was maybe eight years old or something like that. Um, and I love it. I love Squidhead. And that is why I think I said on this podcast prior, I hate the first episode of The Mandalorian because he kills a Squidhead. And that upsets me deeply. <laughs> Had that Squidhead got caught in a a sphincter-like door in the book of Boba Fett, <laughs> the door would have got round him, and then because it hit a solid object, bounced off and caused him no damage. But dude, this is this is crazy. I mean, I think Chris can, I don't know exactly when this came out, like 83. The the arms move, the legs move, the head swivels. Like there's a there's a clasp on the back of the belt that I could probably mess with to take it what off. What he's describing everyone as an action figure and they've existed for some 60 years. <laughs> Well, when oh, when I think about like modern action figures, it's just like yeah, they just I, I'm thinking nowadays. What do we got? Funko Pops? Get out of here! Get oh, out of here! Are you calling out me holding my life size Funko Pop of a porg? That yeah, I'm that thing's betting? ugly as hell, Zanger. <laughs> You're just mad that it's actual size. Well, I I I I can hold this in my hand. It seems like yeah, me too. To swaddle that thing. You got it in a. It's like you're holding it like it's your newborn or something. You're you're trying to prop it up its neck. Is oh come here. Oh. In in Star Wars Legends, Squidhead was Jabba's accountant. Really? What? Is this why I like Squidhead so much? He's the numbers dude. It might be like he was. That's that was his old story before Disney took over. I don't know if he has a job now. I am very happy. I will set Squidhead uh, next to my uh, my audio processor while we record. I have one other thing I wanted to show you, but it has to come at the epi- at end of the episode. I don't want to derail you guys because I think it uh, we, we so, don't sorry. need to because let's go to the end of the episode. Oh, the Pike show up. <laughs> also, there's a very 
terrible joke that I'm like that that had to have been left on the cutting room floor and someone just forgot to cut the um keep keep an eye out. Yeah, so he says keep an eye out to the guy who has one cyborg eye and he's like uh, he's like oh it's all good. I paid a lot of money for this eye. Listen, these this teenage gang of cyborgs are not are so unthreatening. This like when they what's the name of the what's the name of the Twilek uh, mayor assistant guy? I don't know. The the when the mayor's assistant runs away he, he they chase him very slowly in their Vespas down the street and he crashes and then oh I think I'm watching that scene right now they just ran past a, a C3P no no they didn't run past they slowly glided okay, by yes. I'm clarifying I get it somebody in the Knights of Vader Facebook group posted that part of back to the future too I get it now <laughs> okay but so here but so when they find when they when the mayor's assistant finally crashes and he gets stuck Mox Shea's major domo okay so he's the major domo of the mayor we, we still haven't learned his name but when he finally crashes this this 2008 girl jumps off her bike and she walks up to him and she just gives him the blue steel she doesn't even have a gun or anything she's just standing there and she just <laughs> she just smolders at him as if that's gonna kill him. Well, I mean, at least she wasn't 2000 late. Some of this, some of this, I'm, I'm watching this. Uh, I think I know what you mean by 2008 girl. They're drifting on their little motorbikes or whatever. This looks terrible. It's just, this it just looks, looks really slow, bad. right? It just looks like they're not moving fast enough for that. It's... It, it looks slow, but it also looks, it is looks composited. Like, I don't believe that these characters are dealing with the actual background. It looks like it's green screen, which, which of course it is, but I don't think it, it's, once again, what I was saying earlier with the CGI, it's not shaded properly. I don't think that, you know, they're looking, oh my God, oh my God, they just drove through a, somebody carrying a picture like the glass pane comic from Looney Tunes. That's and, and, oh, that's bad. yes. That's and, bad. and of course, and it's even worse than you think, Rob, because that is a real Ralph McQuarrie uh, painting for return of the Jedi. Yeah. It was a picture of Jabba. And, oh my. Oh no. Oh, she's going, she just went up a ramp. Like it's a GTA power move or something like that. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> They finally get him to crash and she goes to apprehend him, but she just stares at him. She doesn't even pull out a gun or anything. Okay, I think that's coming up. The crash just happened. A bunch of peaches just fell on this dude. <laughs> real real question, not to, once again, to be the normie, but an actual question I, I actually have had for a while. Twi'lex or Twi'lex, whatever they're called. Is there a distinction between male and female with how many tentacles or head things they have? Because I know Bib Fortuna has one. Two. No, he has two. They're all two. He does have two? Oh, they all two. He, he okay. just has the one wrapped around That's him. That's why I thought it was one. Oh, I just saw what yes. you're talking about, Chris. She just looks at him and the scene ends and Boba Fett jetpacks down. And I, I'm not watching it with sound on, but I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And when Boba Fett jetpacks down, he looks so 2D. It's like, what's going on? Did they just slide a PNG of Boba Fett down there? My my people need me. Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I'm I'm scrubbing back a little bit to watch it again, but I'm I'm kind of with you. That looked janky. He, it's like he was not there that day. He was at the he was at the spa, and they just got some guy in the suit to like stand on the green screen, and they PNG'd him down. Oh yeah, okay, too deep. Oh my god, he just sort of slides down, right? It's not. I don't know. It's but like as far as even the jetpack action is concerned, Mandalorian season one and two just did it better. It's those. It's those kids book. You, I'm, I'm sure we all familiar with those kids book. It's not pop up, but you, where you have those tabs where it's like pull this and the character slides into frame. That's what I just saw. <laughs> they probably realized that the girl just stared at him, and then when they filmed it, 
Boba Fett never showed up, but they realized, <laughs> how are they going to apprehend him if she's just staring at him? We've got to make Boba Fett slide down in post-production. Yeah, because there, there's no interaction between any of them, really. Yeah. So it oh, could have yeah. just been anybody there. It's it's jammed in. I I mean it's even they even go so far. I'm tr- I'm trying to rewatch as much as I can with the with the back ten seconds, which is failing me on Disney Plus. But it looked because when in that scene when Boba Fett jumps down, nothing is in focus except Boba Fett, which is weird. It's not that when Boba Fett comes into screen, he gets into focus. focus. Even before he's on screen, nothing's in focus, and that screams to me that they CGI'd it because they didn't put the effort into focusing on or, or changing the focal lens or the, you know, the, the, the depth of field when he comes into frame, like you would do in an actual, if a character actually came down, you'd have to change that aperture. It is literally just, they were preparing. It's like in SpongeBob, when you can tell what is gonna be touched because it's animated differently from the background, if that makes sense. Or that seems other, like what they did. Or other like, mid 80s cartoons exactly that, or a lot Anna of just did that all the yeah. time yeah absolutely it's it's like once you realize it's space ghost coast to coast you can see this all the time you know what they paid money to animate because it looks different from the static background right and you know if there was a moving if there was a more moving camera they would have had to compensate for the way he lands and all that i did it just like her just walking up to the guy just generally this whole youth gang knowing the exact sociological reasons why they're in, in a gang uh, they, they're not they're not dirty enough they're they're not they, they they're 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 too, too well kept they, uh, they they easily are sort of purchased by boba fett in some fashion i don't i don't like them i don't think they're funny very british gang doctor who is one of the members i he he looks exactly like one of those guys looks exactly like doctor who that bothered me took me out of it i don't like them what are these speeders? These bright colored, like, like they're pastel, just red, blue, yellow. Like, what is this? Just the Vespa. Shouldn't shouldn't this shouldn't they be dour and drab to fit the color scheme of the rest of I'm assuming Tatooine in this nah, episode? Why not? That's so weird. Oh, maybe they're just going for a, some sort of very vague American graffiti related reference or something like that. That's, that's actually a good point. Okay, the episode just ended. I'm turning off my TV. I don't want to watch any more of this. Um, but uh, but I, I, I actually, that's a good point, um, Chris. I, I didn't think of that. The thing I was thinking of is that this is coming across to me as a sense of like um, um, what is going on in Dubai currently. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Um, people will buy supercars in Dubai, like really fancy supercars. And they can't make the payments. And in uh, UAE, there's this whole thing about when if you can't make a payment on something, it is equivalent to stealing. And so you go to jail. And so there's this whole thing of people leaving really fancy supercars out in the desert and trying to relinquish themselves of having to make those payments. And I'm kind of thinking it's like, well, are people on Tatooine finding the fanciest motors in existence and just riding them to their heart's extent? It's very strange to me. (laughs) They have money for elective surgeries to get extending arms and 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 eyes and all that and they have money for their vespas but they don't have money for water they got to steal their water Mm, okay it sounds it's sounding more and more like dubai (laughs) it's sounding more and more like arrakis dude oh god zinger come on come on Um, (laughs) the elective surgery aspect i hear what you're saying rob i I just want to point this out as, as my final thing for this um, there was a great voice actor cameo, if anyone Ooh. caught it. Love it. Love it. Please hit me up with the voice actor, Zanger. This is what I live for. 
Phil Lamar oh, was yes. the Pike boss, the one that he talks to um, in the flashback. Is is and, this a is this a CGI character or is, yeah, so, C- it's just, CGI. so it's just it's, Phil it's, Lamar's voice? Is what yes, you're saying? It's just okay. Phil Lamar's voice, to best of my knowledge. I don't think it's CGI, but maybe it is. I didn't think it was. It, it's it, it's a non-person character, so obviously okay. they got a mask on or something. My my um, my, I guess I'm asking this because I wanted to know: is like is Phil Lamar in the makeup or is he just dubbing the voice? I okay, believe okay, he's, he's just, just dubbing the voice. The voice. Okay. Still good, like that. That's big. Phil Lamar's awesome, man. Okay. Phil Lamar, <laughs> best known as uh, Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Yes, many End many lines I know about him in Pulp Fiction that I cannot say in this podcast or in real life. <laughs> Uh, Futurama, Hermes Comrade, Samurai Jack, the titular character Samurai Jack, as well as Mad TV and uh, Green Lantern from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Absolutely. For another Green Lantern reference. He's also in Young Justice as Aquaman. So there's a there's a turn for you right there. Uh, Never, Uh, never forget the first episode of Mad TV ever includes the uh, the Gump fiction sketch, which is a crossover between Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump. And mm -hmm. Phil Lamar is in it. And when he's in the back of the car, he has the great line. Oh, no, not again. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, he, he is a voice actor in tons of stuff like basically. And I have seen him do a live table read. It was amazing fun. And I. I just wish I was there every day. He's he's and, one of the the greatest voice actors to ever live. He's one of the the greatest people to ever live. Um, I, I know because I actually watched it recently. He is on the train that Tobey Maguire stops in Spider Man Two. He is one of really? the passengers. Yes, he yes. he is one of those people that is a great voice actor, but also is like a great just background character. Also, this is not his first dabbling in the world of Star Wars. He was also. In an episode of Star Wars Resistance, if you, um, and I'm sure he's been in other stuff too. Like the 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 list for him just it literally goes on. Oh yes, I would be remiss if I did not mention he is Hypno Priest and Momo in Adventure Time. There you go. (laughs) Is it a mark of a fantastic voice actor that you absolutely would not recognize them without being told? Absolutely, absolutely. That is what I look for in voice actors that they are. Um, you know, you, you've heard the phrase. I'm sure we've all heard the phrase when you talk about actors. Uh, that's a good actor is a chameleon on stage and screen. Voice actors, I think that goes tenfold for because I love when I hear a voice acting performance, whether it be an animation in CG, whatever. And I go, man, that was a great performance. Who was that? And I look it up and I go, oh, yes, I know that person. I can't believe they once again disguised their voice in a way that made me had to look it up. And, okay, and that's, my- a, that's a reason that I hate sometimes, like Jason Manzukis, um, he doesn't do anything but his own voice. And that's a problem hey, hey, oh, for me. No, here's my thing. Certain characters it works for. Uh, Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. Patrick Warburton, like, if he ever tried to do anything else, they'd just be like, just, just, just be yourself. You're, you're right. You're right there, Zinger. That's a great point. If you have a distinctive enough voice and you can own it, I think you can work that way. I think Jason Manzukis, he he thinks he has a, a, a distinctive voice and he does not. It doesn't carry as well. I, it's he's, funny he's, because if anybody doesn't all, know, he's Rafi from the league. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. yeah. That, that's the guy I'm talking about. It, and, it's every it, character he plays is just a version of Rafi, which I'm yes, fine with. Yes. I'm fine with because I'm like, oh, this person will be an a hole. Awesome. I'm on yes. board. Uh, my final thoughts and uh, final thing I wanted to point out real quick before we are done with this is um, 
I lost my train of thought again, Chris. <laughs> All right, well, get well, Joe. You're 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 so lovely. You hang out with us. You don't even rudely butt in while we're saying all kinds of stupid stuff. What did you think? It it was kind of lackluster for me this whole episode. That you know, it was it was very disheartening to see what happened to the sand people. I thought that they were going to be carried through to the end. Um, the whole gift with the rancor. Uh, I don't think it's the rancor that they got to worry about. I think it's a Trojan rancor. I think Ooh. that they have people in it, and that's why he <laughs> talked to it. I love that idea <laughs> because they're gonna pop out. Don't worry, he'll be back. Yeah, okay. Do you think? You know do you think means? it's people or Jawas? I would love a rancor filled with Jawas, and they hit it like a pinata. <laughs> it's gonna be the pig people from uh, Cloud City. Perfect. <laughs> and they're gonna sit there and. Ugnots. The Gamorian guards aren't even going to touch him because they're like, oh, little brother. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's as far as as far as the other, the biker gang, the biker gang, I I, I get more of a buckaroo bonsai type feel from them, ah. because especially the guy with the trench coat, you know, oh, come on. This is it's the shiny scooters. I understand. Not really. I don't understand. <laughs> um, it's it's just it doesn't seem to fit. Even the speeder was a drab neutral color that they were chasing. How are the, how the hell are they getting a bright blue, like uh, whatever year it is, scooter? They got the current year scooter on Tatooine on these people who, yeah. one, don't have jobs and two, don't have water. So but they have enough money to get droid parts put in them to upgrade them. But and look at my look at my fancy new moped that I just got. Thank you. Jerry. Okay. Thank okay. You. Hold on. Real question you, right there. <laughs> no, I, I have an answer to that question. What did Anakin Skywalker, the person we all hail, build with his bare hands out of spare parts? He C3PO. built 3PO. He built 3PO on tattooing, proving that tattooing has tons of droid parts lying around. Also, I remembered my thing from earlier. <laughs> we were talking about chameleon actors, actors that we don't know. Like, it just shocks you. Yes. One of those I would like to point out in the movie, Dune. Arrakis. Oh, God. Come on. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Total chameleon. And are you never knew it was mind? him? Are you out of your mind? The person who is the least chameleon on stage and screen. Honestly, if you told me that Dune, Jason Momoa's part in Dune was B-roll from Aquaman. I, I don't I don't even need to tell me. I believe that now. He's so bad in that movie. He is so bad in Dune, Zanger. We talked he, about he is a human podcast. Human chameleon in that. Oh like God. there is <laughs> I, I if if you told me he was in the movie, I would have been like, where? Who? Jason I, Jason Momoa is a chameleon in the same sense that I am where I put a plastic bag over my head and say I'm you, Zanger. That's what <laughs> <Jason Momoa> does. <laughs> Jason Momoa also protests the building of telescopes. So, like, you know, he's not only is he not only is he not <laughs> yes. a chameleon, but uh, he's also like not not a friend of science. So he's I just I can't support him. He is anti looking into the galaxy, okay, uh, okay. which is a strange I, I, stance to take. <laughs> okay, well, it is. All joking aside, he is single now, so everyone out there understand that. I'm still holding out for Timothy Oliphant, so whatever. Um, there you uh, go. Star you want to talk about a good actor, Timothy Oliphant. There you go. Exactly. I mean, um, maybe he's not a chameleon, but at least he can do more than one thing. <laughs> I, I think we can still agree in this episode discussing more Dune than you ever thought you would. Scarsgar, great, <laughs> great um, Harkonnen. 
total chameleon definitely i, best I have part to of agree movie. with zenger uh, uh the baron harkonnen uh, uh stellan skarsgård as that is great but as zenger knows my favorite performance in the movie david Dastmalkian as the uh as his right hand man who dies i love david <laughs> Dastmalkian. <laughs> barely in the movie in, for like i know I, that's scenes. a testament to how bad I, that movie is that i love I, that minor performance the most i i am 100 percent sure it's three scenes yes I, and they're I all might, on different planets. <laughs> they're all on different planets. It's him talking with Harkonnen. It's him talking to the um to the legions. Uh yes. And Charlotte then it's him getting killed. killed. Yes, yes. On on Arrakis. Dude. Great, great performance. Desert great planet. performance. Uh, absolutely. Everybody check out all things here below. The movie he wrote and directed. He's fantastic in that. <laughs> I, fi- Final Human Chameleon. David Batista. Oh I, my I mean god! That as in. He perfectly Sanger, blends into being David Batista. I don't he think perfectly... any movie Dave Batista's been in, he doesn't know he's in a movie. I swear, <laughs> people just film him and and they're just like, let's B-roll, let's use it. He is such a bad actor. And this is what makes it oh, worse. Wait, wait, Dave, wait, have... Dave Batista goes on record and says like, The Rock and Vin Diesel are not actors. They're movie stars. I'm an actor. And I'm like, you... You moron. I almost cursed again. I'm like, you moron. You're a big, muscly person. You think because you had tiny glasses in the beginning of Blade Runner 2049, you're a good actor? Get the hell out of here. He's the worst part of Guardians of the Galaxy, other than them misusing songs like it's a war crime. And uh, uh, Dave Bautista, okay, you want to (laughs) say Dave Bautista's a good actor? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the audience. If you want to say Dave Bautista's a good actor, you... You look at his interviews where he says, I'm better than The Rock. I'm better than Vin Diesel. I'm not going through their career trajectories. He did that stupid Amazon movie with the little girl. He's done the family spy comedy. He's literally reliving The Rock's career. And like, I don't know, through sheer force of will saying, I'm not The Rock, when he's literally trying to be The Rock. It angers me. Okay. There's a comment that could only have been bred of someone who due to their initial career path, missed like 10 years of their formative life. Yes. You you know why The Rock is so popular? Because he realizes he's a screen presence. The Rock knows he's not an actor. He's selling his body and he is just there to be imposing. He is our modern version of Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he knows that. When Dave Bautista comes out and goes, no, 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 I'm a real actor. No, you are not. You have had terrible roles. Okay. You can't act to save your life like get over yourself dave batista i i just want to point this out have you seen army of the dead yes i have it was okay horrible. okay <laughs> I, I was about to say i apologize that you had to watch that my yes. statement's over <laughs> so bottom line on uh the book about fed chapter three give me give me episode four yeah that's what i'm saying when does it come out what are these coming out fridays is wednesdays wednesday at 3 a.m Eastern time, yeah. Eastern time. Yes. Ooh, that good. Okay, that's 1 a.m. my time. Right on. <laughs> so the Rancor is a Trojan horse filled with Jawas or Ugnaughts or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Baby Yodas. Oh, no, Zanger. <laughs> La- last annoying thing. I bet you at least when the Huts uh, uh, ran away back to Nalhada, they at least had their own ship. These Pikes show up to take over the planet on economy airplane tickets they they're traveling like refugees they show up on a bus they sh- they 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 show up on the regular star cruiser that takes the plebs to and fro there's like only 20 of them roll off the ship it's like i'm so not afraid of in them in slow mo 
oh yeah they're they're coming out of that airplane like like it's so like such a big deal not not intimidating at all um and uh we i want the twins back what kills me the most is that i know that something in the next four episodes i'm going to appreciate it's just why did they need to do this episode why did they have to do us like this to transition it's a problem you because they have transition. to underwhelm you before they overwhelm you that's uh, bingo. what it is bingo is darkness before the dawn <laughs> exactly we gotta we gotta sink this so low <laughs> before we go in there and start getting into the juicy parts the bar for a filler episode of the Mandalorian is he crashes on an ice planet and almost gets eaten by horrific spiders and is saved by Wolfman himself. I'll take that three times in a row over and over the Vespa gang of teenagers who socially are aware of why they're in a poor situation. I, I just, it's too much for me. I can't look at these kids. They're, they're terrible. They, they, they're not threatening. They, they, they just there's no reason they exist they they're an enigma they for what they say and what they do and who they are they don't it doesn't make any sense so I, i'm not into it um <laughs> and 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 also the fight with black chrysanthemum was terrible yeah uh, are there any stakes for physical violence in star wars anymore i don't understand yeah like you know he literally snapped his back and then he was like in a bathrobe two seconds later saying you know what despite my back just being snapped i think the gamorian guard can use my back to tank because i'm fine right now <laughs> so that is nonsense they need to like totally figure out how how violence works in a let's give it a let's give it a liam neeson taken pg-13 level of violence understanding versus the a-team from 1984 okay that's 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 the progression i'm looking for here in these these next few episodes but they've really shifted the goalposts in terms of the level of reality we're experiencing here so i i don't know it's just it bothers me i will try my best to mentally erase this episode from my head you guys have been saying that there's four more episodes are they're only slated for seven episodes yep you think they would have more action that's really weird seven is a weird number for a season right they i think it was going to be six okay the episode durations are very arbitrary one was 58 minutes ah, one was 34 yeah. it, it was always meant to be a small series like the obi-wan show with ewan mcgregor coming out is six episodes as well oh okay okay it now makes more sense when you guys in the facebook group call it the uh, novella of boba fett <laughs> now i get it the other thing chris i think you mentioned in there you said that the huts went back to now hutta is oh, that God. what you said we were almost out of this episode. <laughs> I don't know if that's what their planet's called anymore in Disney canon, but that's what it used to be called. Oh, okay. It that is. is. That is weird because that sounds like Calcutta, but it's now Hutta. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's been referenced in the comics. There was a whole. Ah, okay. Um, okay. The, the comics basically had shadow. The comics had Shadows of the Empire happening, but it was really like Shadow Crimson Dawn. Like, instead of Shadows of the Empire, Crimson Dawn did almost the exact same thing. Crimson Dawn is Paul Bettany in Solo, right? Amazing. <laughs> Bingo. Um, I do have a moment of Zang for the end of the episode. Okay, I I, I know Zanger does this. I, I I just wanted to interject while I while I have you guys because uh, I, I've never brought it up before. I don't know if Zach's brought it up, but um, when I ran upstairs before to get my squid hat action figure, which I still have. He fell down. He's great. Uh, he did not. I well, I fell down. Squidhead. Did yes, yes, exactly. Um, the I, other I knew thing, this I, the other thing I grabbed is something that Zach sent to me many years oh, yeah, ago. Right, right, right. When uh, he 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 had an idea for an episode of Knights of Vader. This was this was had to be like two years ago. It never came to fruition because we never really knew how to how to handle it and stuff like that. But I wanted to bring it up because I think it's really cool. I have 
He is so excited right now, everybody. A Star Wars trivia book that Zach oh. has sent me. And Zach had the idea that we would host like a trivia where I'd be the judge and we'd have, we never really figured out how to do it, but I, I remember, have, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Us I'm, talking about I'm this. sure we talked about it, you know, that type of thing, whether or not I was involved, but I just wanted to say, I, I still have it. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe if, if you guys would allow me, let me flip to some random pages. Can I ask you guys some questions? Would that be okay? Real quick. You know what? I give up on my moment of Zang. I'm down for this. Okay, okay. My, my, my moment of Zang was just going to be another dig at um, the, Dune to just hear <laughs> oh, Robert. Okay, Rob, good. So. No more Dune. Okay. No more Dune. <laughs> Let's move, though, because you're going to have to do at least two each for us to determine that I'm the best. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, I've accepted <laughs> defeat here on this. I, I know where my ranking is in knowledge on Star Wars of this on, on this particular podcast that ranks low. <laughs> so so the book is separated into episodes. So I believe it's episodes one through six. So it has the prequels and the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to flip to some random pages and we're going to see what we get. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to just ask you guys these questions. I do have multiple choice, but I want okay. to I don't want to go directly. I want to test your guys knowledge immediately. So, so I'm just going to flip to a random, random thing. Question, here we go. 1969. Question 1969. What anti-infantry device did the rebels use in the ground battle on Hoth? <laughs> this, um, is, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and okay. I'm a math teacher. Okay. <laughs> anti-infantry, huh? Yes. So what anti-infantry device did the rebels use in the ground battle on Hoth? It, it, for some reason, I think it might be an editing error. Ground is italicized. I don't know if that means anything. I'm going to go with the shield generator. Mm. I'd have to say it, it's going to have to be that radar dish. The, the radar, the radar dish. I'm, I'm saying shield generator because yeah, they're the italicized. Turret. Joe, when you're saying radar dish, are you referring to the radar laser cannons that the rebels have? Are you referring? What are you talking about? Yeah, that was a lot. I forgot the name of it, but it was like the high density. I, I just want to interject and say turret. that um, I, I won't read the multiple choice answers for you guys, but the multiple choice answers are incredibly specific. Oh Jesus. I don't I don't know if it's referring to the adats as being infantry. So I think the 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 uh the radar laser cannon is a good guess, but I'm I'm just gonna go with the snow speeder. Um okay. I, I like that you guys got some answers locked in. I know the answer. I'm gonna read the multiple choice because I, I don't I think this might be the good ground test or base test for you guys to understand what this book is about. Okay. Question just once again, what anti-infantry device did the rebels use in the ground battle on Hoth? A, Atgar 1.4 FD P-Tower laser cannon. Option uh, B. That, option B, KDY W165 planetary turbo laser. The ion How about cannon. a T-47 airspeeder? Choice C, Golan Arms DF9. Choice D, Borstel NK7 ion cannon. That's how specific Wait, there's these a answers difference? are. Would you like me to divulge what the book says the answer is? It says it is choice C, Golan Arms DF9. What the crap is that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm wow. more confused. Show us the toy. Where's the toy? It wouldn't even be on the toy box. I don't think they got that specific. They would just say radar dish blaster 
Okay, let me let me choose a different question. I might have gone a little too hard. Chris has muted himself and is actively googling. It seems oh, right actively now. being angry. Chris is angry about this. Uh, is it golden or Golan? I, I uh, I'm gonna flip back. I'm gonna give this to you right. Golan, G O L A N. Golan Arms D F period nine is what they say the answer is. I didn't know I was going to cause this much unrest in the universe. <laughs> oh, it is the white that. Okay, so 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 that is the white tower, and it does actually say anti-infantry when you look it up. About four meters in height. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, freaking everybody. Dang it! <laughs> They're just cold turrets. They're cold goddamn turrets. Yeah, you know this is a this is a problem because it's like our tanks. I guess tanks aren't infantry, so I I guess. I guess that's, I guess it's fair. Whatever. I was completely wrong with, I was like the shield generator. This is going to be one of those dumb books where it's going to have no research. The shield generator was obviously not correct because it's, that was to defend against an aerial bombardment, which is the whole reason why the tanks had to land. But well, that I was like, I'm going with this book being written for idiots. Yeah. Apparently we're idiots. This is serious. <laughs> okay. How about, how about this? I flipped to, I flipped to a different page and this, this question, I looked at the answers. This is or not. I want to do a full episode of this now of just us I being know, this violently is angry. Fun, right? <laughs> I had, I, I had this book on my coffee table for a while and people like my friends would come over and they go, Oh, you're really into star Wars. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. How about this? Uh, question 420. How, how old was Anakin Skywalker during the battle on Geonosis? This seem this seems a little more reasonable, right? <laughs> oh God, the answer. Hold on, I have to find the answers. You guys think I'd have to find the answers because they're not on this page. <laughs> Nineteen galactic years. Mm, I'd have to say either sixteen or seventeen. I'm saying nineteen. I because Amidala was a senator. She was older than him. Zinger's in the ballpark. It's 18 or 19. It's, it's not oh, hard in enough. The back. They're in the back. Okay, there's an index for these special pages because this is like one of the first questions under Attack of the Clones. Um, okay, I have, I have the answer. Um, can I read the multiple choice to you guys? Because I think you've all locked in some answers. Sure. Um, 21, 19, 20, or 22? Mm. 19, I'm sticking with 19. 19. I'm, yeah, I'm it's got to be 19. According to the book, the answer is C, 20. Bullcrap! I'm done with this! <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying, I don't think this book is smarter than you guys. You guys might be better than this book. I'm just saying what I got on the page. <laughs> I just, you know, yeah, maybe his, maybe, maybe little Jake Lloyd's age is never stated in episode one. I don't know. No, 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 no. Thanks to the famous Weird Al parody, he was not, and she was nine. No, wait, he was nine. <laughs> she was 14. He's probably going to marry her someday. Yeah. That would make him 19. So I think Weird Al Cannon is the, is the level we're at. Weird Al Cannon outvotes this. <laughs> do I mean, do question 69. Question and and that, that will be the final one. Okay. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. We like did 420. Like we're doing 69. We're dying out here. We got <laughs> one more. Okay. Okay. Question 69. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. I've, okay. Hold on. How, how many times had Queen Amidala met Senator Palpatine before her journey to Coruscant to address the Senate? That's a weird question. <laughs> Why did I do a prequel question? That's got to be from a book called 
I think cloak of deception, which is not a fair question. <laughs> I, I, okay. I also don't think it's a really fair question. I have not looked at the answer yet, but I, I would like to read you the multiple choice options. Please, I think it will give us a chance. A, she had never met him. B, two times. C, three times. D, one time. I'm going with never. I'm going with never. I think never is a good choice because they when they meet on the landing platform it seems like very formal so that's if 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 the answer is actually based on the movie never is probably not a bad guess joe any input i think you're the one who hasn't locked in an answer say three times according to the book it is she had never met him yeah yeah one right one right weird that's so weird that is so weird you have a senator in the galactic senate that hasn't even met the queen once well you know she might have only been in office for a few months she was 14 he lives on coruscant like it's real it's a whole thing it's a whole day trip to get i want to i want to do one more that's in the vein of the first yeah yeah please please because me me, and chris are tied right now question i'm (laughs) i'm i'm trying to flip through and find a really weird one like that first one i found somehow um Oh my God, there's so many questions in this book. There's like, there's like 3,000 questions in here. <laughs> See, a few um, holidays ago, Ellie got like a trivia card thing with Star Wars and there was a lot of like, what X, what exact model of X-Wing was used to in this? A soda on the star? And I'm like, I don't know. The okay, X-Wing. Here, here's, here's one that makes no sense to me, which is uh, what I'm looking for. Question 1,088. What covers the landscape of Felucia? Uh, F-E-L-U-C-I-A. I, I have no idea. It's what like that ferns is. and stuff. I would go with fungi. It's ferns and plants. <laughs> um, let me look at the answer real quick, and then I'll read you the, uh, the options. So A, multicolored fungi. B, crystal canyons. C, fluorescent plants. D, oceans and swamps. So Chris, you said fungi, which is one of the choices. Um, I think somebody said plants. I think that was Joe or Zenger said plants. Yeah. I, I said ferns, which are Fern? a type of plant. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, thank you, Zenger. <laughs> um, Botanist uh, Justin Zenger here. According to the book, it is a multicolored fungi. God dang it, I quit. Oh, Chris, yeah. Those of you who remember the holy video game, The Force Unleashed, the there's a sentient race of fungi oh. men on Felucia. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what Felucia is. <laughs> I thought Felucia was something dirty we couldn't talk about on this podcast. Close enough. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob, where can people find more from you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this is great. I'm glad I actually got to bring up this book. I, I got it. You know, we got tons more questions. Maybe people like this and want to hear me be angry about Star Wars questions or confused. I'm not angry. I'm confused. You'll be confused. We'll be angry. And and would you believe that I have a local copy of the same book, Rob? So we could really we could really tag team this situation. Ah, we would. We what? Would just anger Zinger to no end? <laughs> me? OK, no, no, that's it. Me versus Zach for true superiority over this podcast. And the nice thing about this book is it also predates Disney Star Wars. So we know it, 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 it can't be too far out there in terms of the sequel trilogy questions. I, I just actually, I have to ask this. I saw this question. I think this is funny. What is the smallest known variety of Tauntaun? <laughs> what type of question is that? Teeny Taun. So the options are the climbing Tauntaun, the scaly Tauntaun, the tiny ton. Yeah. The glacier tauntaun. 
Tiny Ton. Has to be. I haven't looked at the answer yet. That has to be a misdirect that one of them's called the Tiny Ton. Oh, no, I'm going with Tiny Ton. It's the climbing Tauntaun. God dang it. (laughs) This is so stupid. (laughs) I'm guessing most of the source material for these sort of questions, especially because we're talking Wikipedia. You know, the the West End role playing game, which is essentially Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons, which started in 1993, really did offer off a lot of this absurd, trivial information. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from, where it was, you know, it it really makes me appreciate that back then. It was really a different class of nerd. Like we don't stand a chance by today's standards. Like it's just no. Oh. Man, I am jacked into this book like the Matrix now. What was Polis Massa before it became an asteroid belt? A That's planet. A... So the options are a planet, a moon, twin moons, or twin planets. <laughs> I'm going with twin moons, which doesn't make any sense. No, Zenger, you're right the first time. It's a planet. God. <laughs> Would, uh, it's oh it's a remarkable that anyone ever thought so deeply about Polis Massa, which is where Luke and Leia were born, of course, Rob. I did not know that. I didn't even know who, who, what, who's Luke and Leia? No, <laughs> that's where they were born. But uh, all right. So like, you know, we have, we have, uh, we, we might have something here. We might, we might get yeah. this, get this going now that when Zach's away, anarchy reigns supreme. That's what, that's what we understand here. <laughs> so, so um, Rob, what do you want to say to our audience? Where are they going to find you when you're not here? Which is pretty rare. Oh, I thank you for having me. Thank you for, um, you know, me just by chance being included in the Knights of Vader uh, chat that we have going that I uh, mostly ignore. But uh, when Chris sent out the Zoom meeting link, I was like, oh, maybe I should try out Zoom on my Linux machine. And it turns out I'm here. Um, But you, of course, can find me on Cinemodities. Zach and I uh, talk a lot about crazy movies, uh, cinematic oddities, that type of thing. Um, Other than that, you can find me through an inspiriority complex who provides the theme music for these this podcast uh, that you hear every single week time whatever this release schedule is and so uh i know zach usually puts the link in the show notes you can check us out and hear more from us there i i'm really glad that uh you guys have let me you know ramble on and be the uh the normie of the group the filthy casual it's been a while since i got to say that but this is good fun and um you know uh let us know in the knights of vader facebook group which i'm active on if you want to hear more of me rambling about Star Wars trivia, and I want to put it out there once again, I really hope that we get to rank some lightsaber duels because I have a really great algorithm to do so, and I think that's going to be some fun discussion. But thanks, guys, for having me. This was this was um, a good time. Yeah, thanks for showing up. Joe, parting words? I'm gritting my teeth trying to wait for <laughs> um, the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I just can't get it through my head how a person could be so successful as a most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy and doesn't know to get some guys on the door check some id (laughs) couldn't agree more and and zinger when you're not feeling particularly masochistic as you are tonight where can we find you uh you can find me on my podcast zingness talking about nerdy stuff every week and we will be making a comeback soon with zing wars the rival Star Wars podcast to this one. Uh, yes. I just want to say that, Zenger, um, you say that you can listen to your podcast to hear about nerdy stuff. Um, please be honest with our audience. You can listen to Zeng this to hear Zenger talk about Dune every week, it seems. That's all you want to talk about. <laughs> oh, we only have two episodes so far. And, and I'm um, on one of them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it was it was a response episode. That was the best part, too. What a terrible movie. <laughs> what a terrible episode. 
Ah, nice. Maybe I'll see Dune someday, but uh, Jason Momoa has turned me off for the time being. Um, if you don't already follow us at KOV Podcast on Instagram, do that. You could also follow me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram. I do some photography over there. We will most likely continue doing Book of Boba Fett recap episodes, depending how many of us are in a morbid state after a chapter four. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, thanks for listening and remember Alderaan! Down with the Empire! <laughs>